Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. So if you have your Bibles, would you open to Luke chapter 2? And uh, this passage is probably one of the best-known passages of the Christmas story. But while you're finding that, uh, let me tell you that in 2019, I actually took a team of people to Israel. And uh, we were able to go to some of the sites. Who was here and went with me in 2019? There we go. We got a few that are here. Kathy came with us as well. And, and uh, Olga and Rocco came. And, and uh, w- one of the great sites that we went to was a site that they've called the Shepherd's Field. They've called it the Shepherd's Field. Um, but it was actually the cave where the shepherds of the time in Bethlehem when Jesus was born, that used that cave for the sheep to bring forth the little lambs. I took a photo and they've built a church around the cave now. And so the cave is actually in the church. So Albert, have we got um, the photos? I don't know if you can see that, it's, but you can see the roof and you can see the little holes cut out in the pews and stuff. It's called the Shepherd's Cave and they've built a church around it now. But it's a site where there was definitely a cave and it was definitely where the shepherds would uh, bring their sheep and, uh, and more often than not, the sheep would give birth to the lambs in that cave. So, um, so anyway... Just a little bit of background, and we'll get to the significance of that later on. So can we read the story in, uh, in Luke? A new era has started. I've resisted it for 63 years. So big drum roll. Pastor Adrian, I've resisted it, but I'll be able to read the text clearly now, okay? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Now, there were in the same country, that word country literally means region, in the area, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I love the Greek word for greatly. Mega. (laughs) Megas. It literally is megas. They were mega afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. I love the Greek word for great in great joy. Megas. (laughs) They were mega afraid. But the angel said, we're going to bring you mega joy. I love that. And that's the theme of um, leading into Christmas. 
the joy of Christmas, the mega joy of Christmas. We bring you good tidings of mega joy, which will be to, here it is, not just some people, but to all people. Everybody say all people. I, I just love that. I've got to take my glasses off so I can see you. I, I, love, I love the fact that right there in the Christmas story is the missions story. It's, it's embedded here that the Christmas story was not just for the people of Israel, but it was for all people. And, and let, let me just press pause here because we're, we're focusing in on the message given to the shepherds who were Jewish shepherds. They were from Bethlehem. They themselves might have been descendants of probably the most famous shepherd of Israel, King David, who was a shepherd in, in, in Bethlehem. And, uh, and, and right there, we, we are told that not just the children of Israel had this story for them, but all people. And, and we're going to be talking about some of the all people, some Persians who were told the Christmas message. It's interesting that when, when we were on the cruise, we had uh, dinner with uh, a Persian man. And uh, how many of you know that people from Persia actually come from Iran? And, um, and I said to you, do you know that the Bible talks about Persians? And he goes, no. I said, maybe one of the most famous stories in the Bible has Persian people in it and he says what story is that I said the story of the birth of Jesus and he said I never heard Persians at that story well we call them the three wise men but they came from Persia and I love the fact that the Christmas message was not just for the children of Israel but was for all people and the all people in the days of Jesus were the Persians that came across to hear the gospel story. I love the fact that in our church we have over 70 nationalities, people from all over the world that are one family that celebrate Jesus. Amen? I love that. So here it is, uh, this incredible good news of mega joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a saviour, who is Christ the Lord. That's, that word saviour is so important because saviour is really applicable to only people who know that they've sinned, are lost, and they need a mediator to deal with their sin. The fact is that too many people are blinded and and I really believe we live in a day and age where we've actually made our own story of salvation. And I think in Australia in 2022 the story of salvation that we have is the story of being a good person. And so if we're a good person that's my story of salvation because at the end somebody somehow will weigh us in the balance. And if we've done more good things than bad things, she'll be right, mate. And it's like, so who's going to weigh you? What balance are you going to stand on? And how do you know that one good deed is the same value as one bad deed? How do you know what the value system is? And, and under what impression do you have this story? Well, I've been told and that's what I believe and what I believe is valid. Folks, let me tell you, there's this book called the Bible that's been around for a long, long time. People have tried to prove it to be false, but they've died 
and they've gone, but the Bible is still there, unchanged, still declaring the truth. And if you're going to base your belief system on anything, don't base it on values that change over time. Base it on something that has lasted the distance. That's the Word of God. And what a beautiful story this is that we base it on, that Jesus came to be the Saviour of the world. I'm going to talk a little bit about that later on. And, um, and then it goes on and it says, and this will be a sign to you. Now, the angel is now talking to the shepherds. And said, so there's going to be a sign to you shepherds. Well, what's the sign to you shepherds? Well, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Now, let me explain swaddling clothes because swaddling clothes is what was used 2,000 years ago to give the baby comfort. So baby, babies come out of the womb. They're all squished and squashed in there. And to give the baby comfort, they would get long pieces of cloth and just wrap the baby up into tightness. And so their arms would be tight and the baby would feel comfort because they were tightly wrapped. The other thing that's really important here is the significance of the manger. So the manger is a feeding trough. It's... It's a place where animals would come to feed. And I'm going to bring forth a presumption to you that you might not have ever heard before. But I'm going to share it with you because I've done a fair bit of research on this story. And it was first introduced by a great scholar called Alfred Edisham. He wrote one of the classics called The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah. When I was in Bible school, there were two great classic books on the life of Jesus. One was by William Scroggy and the other was by, what a great surname, William Scroggy. I love that surname. And the other was by Alfred Edisham called The Life and Times of the Messiah. So what they talked about was this, was that, um, that there was a place in Bethlehem where the Passover lambs were prepared. And the Passover lamb was a very important part of, of Jewish culture because it had to be without blemish. It had to be perfect. And... And what the shepherds would do to make sure that the lamb was perfect is that they'd find a perfect lamb and then they would wrap the lamb in swaddling clothes so that that lamb would not damage itself. And they would protect that lamb. And so, so there's something essential about this because the shepherds understood about swaddling clothes and about lambs. But this will be a sign to you. You're going to find... A baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. Anyway, keep that in mind because we're going to open this up a little bit more later on. And so suddenly, suddenly, there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has Come to pass, which the Lord has made us known. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Let, 
let me propose a question for you. And this is the question. We know that Bethlehem was packed with people. We know that, that there was a census on and people from all over Israel had to go to the place of their heritage. That, and, and there they had to be counted. It was a Roman uh, order. And so because Joseph and Mary were descendants of King David and uh, they had to go to Bethlehem, which was the birthplace of David. And, and going there, there was no room. It was packed out. And, uh, and so the, we know that the whole town was packed out. How did these shepherds know where to find Jesus? How did they know which manger to look for? I propose, this is what I propose. I propose they knew exactly where to find Jesus. They knew exactly what manger he was in because in all probability the manger belonged to them. Let me, and I'll open this up a little bit later because there's something significant that I, I just want to, I just want to share with you this morning. And uh, so they came with haste. They found Mary and Joseph, uh, and the baby lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marvelled at those things which were told to the shepherds. But Mary kept these things. And pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. So this morning, let, let, let me ask a question. Of all the people that the announcement could have been made to, why the shepherds? Of all people. And I mean, we've just taken it for granted because all our nativity scenes has got the wise men and it's got the shepherds, it's got Mary and Joseph, it's got the manger, it's got the baby. But, but why the shepherds? Now, understand this, that shepherds were not considered highly in the days of Jesus. They weren't really the most educated people in town. Matter of fact, there's all sorts of things written about be careful of shepherds because they're wild people. And they were. They lived in the fields. When you live in the fields, there's no bathroom in the fields. You end up smelling of the fields and the sheep. And that was wherever they walked, they carried that smell. So why the shepherds? Surely there were more obvious people to tell. We, we know that when Jesus was brought to the temple out that, uh, eight days later, that there were significant people in the temple. People like Simeon. Why, why didn't the angel appear to Simeon? To me, he's a much better suggestion. Simeon, the Bible tells us, was a just and devout man. That, that he was actually waiting for the consolation of Israel, which is the coming of the Messiah. And the Bible tells us that he was told that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. So why didn't the angels appear to Simeon? I think better suggestion. Then, then there was another lady in the temple who, who would visit the temple. Her name was Anna. And Anna was called a prophetess. Now, a prophetess is someone who hears from God. Surely a better suggestion to make the announcement to the prophetess. That's her job, to hear from God. But no, not Simeon, not Anna, but the shepherds. And then we all know the story of, of when the wise men came to Jerusalem seeking out, where's, where's he that is born king of the Jews? That Herod called the religious leaders together and said to them, hey, 
tell us from your research where the Messiah is going to be born. And they quoted Micah chapter 5 and he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Again, the religious rulers were set up expecting understanding. Maybe they would have been a better choice than uneducated, smelly shepherds. So why did God choose the shepherds? Can I give you two reasons why I believe that God chose the shepherds? Are you ready for this? Okay. Number one, because they were shepherds. And the word shepherd is a metaphor used constantly in the Bible about Jesus. Constantly we hear about the fact that he is known as the chief shepherd. He is known as the good shepherd. He's known as the great shepherd. He's known as the shepherd of our souls. And then Psalm 23 has the biggest reference to shepherd and that is what? The Lord is my shepherd. So who better to reveal the Messiah coming than to shepherds? But let me tell you the second thing about shepherds is that they knew a lot about lambs. And the second metaphor about Jesus is not just shepherd, but also lamb of God. And there are many references to Jesus being the lamb of God. Matter of fact, when John the Baptist introduces Jesus to his disciples in John chapter 1 verse 29, he says, behold, he points to Jesus and he says, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul refers to Jesus as our Passover, our Passover lamb. Why is lamb so important in the Bible? Let me answer that question by just saying this, that, that the reason we celebrate Easter is because of the Passover. Easter is connected to the Passover. And Passover is connected to sacrifice and uh, you all know the story and maybe some of you don't but the story goes back to the exodus where the children of Israel were in Egypt they'd been there for 400 years and they needed to leave and uh, and and it was the last plague to hit Egypt it was called the 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 death of the firstborn and there was an, an angel of death coming to slay all the firstborn but a solution was given to the people who believed. And this was the solution. It was God's solution. And I, I propose to you that there are not many ways to God, but there's only one way to God. I propose to you that there are not many ways for salvation. There's one way for salvation, and that's God's way. And when we look at the Christmas story, we see all the connections from the beginning of the Bible right to the end of the Bible. And what we see on this particular day that God said to Moses, listen, the death angel is coming, but if you want to avoid death, then take a lamb, a pure lamb, and sacrifice the lamb and, and, uh, and take the blood of the lamb and paint the lintels and doorposts of your, ha- of your house with the blood from the lamb. Now, some of you are looking at it and saying, wow, that sounds pretty gory. That sounds pretty, pretty barbaric. 
I'm just sharing with you the truth from the Bible. Uh, you can put your own filter of interpretation on it, but this has been around for thousands of years and it still continues to be powerful. And, and so what happened was this, that when the death angel came, then when the death angel saw the blood, he would pass over the household. And so then the household, the household would be protected because of the blood of the Lamb. So there's so much significance there for us Christians to do with the blood and the Lamb. And so we talk about the blood of the Lamb. And I know for, for novices and people that are not Christianized, it just does not make sense. But for us, it makes enormous sense. And so what we have here is, is right there on the Christmas story, this whole theme of the Lamb of God being presented to the shepherds. Now, stay with me for a little while because I, I want to talk to you about what the significance is. The sign will be to you, to shepherds. What's the sign? See, Alfred Edishim says that these were not just ordinary shepherds. These were Levitical shepherds. And uh, he points out that these Levitical shepherds, their main job was to produce lambs for the Passover. That was their main job, to produce lambs for the Passover. And so they had this cave, and I've, and, and I've given you the picture of, of this cave. And what they had in this cave, they had mangers that were not made out of timber. They were actually made out of limestone. And so, and so they would literally get the perfect lambs and they would wrap them in swaddling clothes. And they would put these perfect lambs who were destined to be the Passover lambs in the manger. And those lambs would be in the manger. And this is what the angel said, this is going to be a sign to you. You're going to go to your manger, but there you're not going to find a lamb wrapped in swaddling clothes. You're going to find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And this is a sign to you. This is a message that this is the Lamb of God. This is the Son of God. You have been preparing Passover lambs, but I've been preparing my Son to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And that's why they made haste. They went looking not for anybody's manger, they went looking for their manger. That was the sign. And so I can imagine these guys rushing off. They knew exactly where to go. They, they didn't go door knocking all of Bethlehem. Excuse me, was there a baby born anywhere here? Uh, have you by any chance got a manger somewhere where you've put the baby? No, no, not me. It's the middle of the night. How long would it have taken them to find? No, no, no. They knew exactly where to go. They went to their manger. And there they found this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and they were in awe because they realised we've been preparing Passover lambs but now God has prepared His own lamb and He's put it in our manger to give us the message that this truly is the Saviour of the Word. But you know what? It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there because the Lord Jesus Christ forever is going to be referred to as the Lamb. 
When we go to the book of Revelation, we find reference after reference to the Lamb. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8 says, The elders fell before the Lamb. And again, if you don't understand the metaphor, if you don't understand the connection, you don't understand that Jesus will forever be known as the Lamb. Then you lose the context of that. I I, I love the fact that uh, throughout the book of of Revelation, it says this, that overcame the accuser, that overcame the devil, that overcame the enemy of your souls. Through what? Through the blood of the Lamb. I love the fact that the Bible tells us in, in, in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7, that there's the marriage of the Lamb has come. And then it talks about the bride being prepared for the marriage with the Lamb. And this, this metaphor of the Lamb carries forth because He is the Lamb of God and Jesus will forever be known as the Lamb. And then it talks about blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then I love this part as well, because the actual book of life, the actual registry book of life, the actual registry book of heaven that contains the names of every single person who will live in heaven forever and ever is called what? The Lamb's book of life. Oh, what's all that about? How God has woven this theme into the Bible and how it's only for those whose eyes are opened, they get this revelation of how God has woven the theme of the Lamb. And there it is on on Christmas morning, this revelation to shepherds. Not only will He be the shepherd of His sheep, but He's also the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And I've chosen not to reveal this to the intelligentsia. I've chosen to reveal this to the blue collar workers called shepherds that God loves them as well as as to the Persians and those who are outside of the house of Israel that God loves them as well. And right now, if you're here today, whether in service or online, God loves you and wants you to understand that He came to sacrifice His life to wash away every single one of your sins that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.